Book Two, Chapter Thirty of the Mystical City of God, Volume Two, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Thirty Jesus, Mary, and Joseph return to Nazareth at the command of the Lord. The child Jesus reached the end of his seventh year while in Egypt which was also the term set by the eternal wisdom for his mysterious sojourn in that land. In order that the prophecies might be fulfilled, it was necessary that he return to Nazareth. This decree the eternal father intimated to his most holy son on a certain day in the presence of his mother and while she was with him in prayer. She saw it mirrored in his deified soul and she saw how he submitted to it in obedience to the father. Therein the great lady joined him, although they had already become better acquainted and habituated to their present abode than to their own native city of Nazareth. Neither the mother nor the son made known to St. Joseph this new decree of heaven. But in that very night, the angel of the Lord spoke to him in his sleep, as Matthew relates. Matthew chapter 2 verse 19 and bade him take the child and its mother and return to the land of Israel. For Herod and those who with him had sought the life of the child were dead. So much value does the Almighty set on the proper order in created things, that though Jesus was the true God and his mother so highly exalted above St. Joseph in sanctity, he did not permit the arrangements of this journey to proceed from his son nor from his mother, but from St. Joseph, who was the head of this family. God intended to teach all mortals that he wishes all things to be governed by the natural order set up by his providence, and that the inferiors and subjects of the mystical body of the church, even though they may excel in virtue and in certain other respects, must obey and submit to their superiors and prelates in the visible order. St. Joseph immediately notified the child Jesus and his mother of the command of the Lord, and both of them answered that the will of the Heavenly Father must be done. Thereupon they resolved upon their journey without delay, immediately distributing among the poor the little furniture contained in their dwelling. This was done by the hands of the Divine Child, for the Heavenly Mother often consigned into his hands what she had destined as alms to the poor, knowing that the child, as the God of mercy, loved to exercise it with his own hands. Matthew chapter 25 verse 40 When she gave him these alms, the most holy mother, falling on her knees, said, Take, my son and Lord, whatever thou desirest, in order to share it with the poor, our friends and brothers. The blessed dwelling, which had been sanctified and consecrated for seven years by the presence of the high priest Jesus, was left in the possession of certain of the most devout and pious persons in Heliopolis. Their virtue and holiness had gained them a favor, which they could not now fully estimate, although, on account of what they had seen and experienced, they counted themselves indeed fortunate to occupy the same house in which these strangers had lived for seven years. This affectionate devotion was rewarded by abundant light and grace for their eternal salvation. They departed for Palestine in the company of angels as on their way thence. The great queen sat on the ass with the divine child on her lap, and St. Joseph walked afoot, closely following the son and mother. On account of the loss of such great benefactors, 
their acquaintances and friends were very sorrowful at the news of their departure with incredible weeping and sighing they saw them leave knowing and loudly complaining that they were now losing all their consolation and refuge in their necessities if the divine power had not interfered the holy family would have found great difficulty in leaving heliopolis for its inhabitants began to feel the night of their miseries secretly setting upon their hearts at the parting of the sun which had dispersed and brightened its darkness john chapter one verse nine in traversing the inhabited country they passed through some towns of egypt where they scattered their graces and blessings the news of their passage spreading about all the sick the afflicted and disconsolate gathered to seek them out and they found themselves relieved in body and soul many of the sick were cured many demons were expelled without their knowing who it was that thus hurled them back to hell yet they felt the divine power which compelled them and wrought such blessings among men i will not tarry to relate the particular events of this journey of the child jesus and his most blessed mother out of egypt for it is not necessary nor could it be done without extending this history too much it will suffice to say that all who came to them with greater or less devotion left their presence enlightened with truth assisted by grace and wounded with the love of god they felt the secret force which urged and compelled them to the pursuit of virtue and while withdrawing them from the paths of death showed them the way of eternal life they came to the son drawn to him by the father and they turned to the father sent there by the divine light of christ's truth which enkindled their souls with the knowledge of the true god john chapter six verse forty four nevertheless he concealed himself since it was not yet time to reveal himself openly but the fire which he had come to enkindle and spread in this world secretly and incessantly produced its divine effects among men having thus fulfilled the mysteries decreed by the divine will and issuing from the inhabited regions of this country which they had signalized by their miracles our heavenly pilgrims entered the desert through which they had come in it they again suffered labors and difficulties similar to those of their flight from palestine for the lord continued to permit hardships and tribulations in order to afford them occasion of merit and provide a proper relief he administered to these necessities by the hands of the angels as in their first journey or sometimes the child jesus himself commanded them to provide sustenance very often saint joseph in order that he might become more sensible of the divine favor was permitted to hear these commands and saw how these spirits obeyed and readily procured what was wanted this greatly encouraged and consoled the holy patriarch in his sorrow and anxiety for the king and queen of heaven at other times the divine child made use of his omnipotence and created all that was necessary to supply their wants out of a crumb of bread the rest of the journey was similar to the journey described before in chapter the twenty-second therefore i do not think it necessary to repeat the description when however they arrived at the confines of palestine the anxious husband was informed that archelaus had succeeded herod his father in the government of judea matthew chapter two verse twenty two fearing that with the sovereignty he had inherited also his cruelty saint joseph turned from his route without going to jerusalem or entering judea and passed through the land of the tribe of dan and issachar below galilee following the coast of the mediterranean sea and passing jerusalem to his right 
they reached nazareth their home for the child was to be called a nazarene they found their former humble house in charge of the devout cousin of saint joseph who as i have mentioned in the twelfth chapter of the third book had offered to serve him while our queen was absent in the house of elizabeth before they had left judea for egypt saint joseph had written to this woman asking her to take care of the house and what it contained they found it all in good condition and his cousin received them with great joy on account of her love for the great queen though at the same time she did not know of her dignity the heavenly lady entered with her son and saint joseph and immediately she prostrated herself in adoration of the lord and in thanksgiving for having led them safe from the cruelty of herod to this retreat and preserved them in the dangers of their banishment and their long and arduous journeys above all did she render thanks for having returned in company with her son now grown both in years and in grace and virtue luke chapter two verse forty taking counsel with her divine child she proceeded to set up a rule of life and regulate her pious practices not that she had failed to observe a rule of life on her journey for the most prudent lady in imitation of her son had always observed the most perfect order according to circumstances but being now peacefully settled in her home she wished to include many exercises which on the journey were impossible her greatest solicitude was always to cooperate with her most holy son for the salvation of souls which was the work most urgently enjoined upon her by the eternal father toward this high end our queen directed all her practices in union with the redeemer and this was their constant occupation as we shall see in the course of this second part the holy joseph also ordered his occupations and his work so as most worthily to earn sustenance for the divine child and his mother as well as for himself that which in other sons of adam is considered a punishment and a hardship was to this holy patriarch a great happiness for while others were condemned to sustain their natural life by the labor of their hands in the sweat of their brows saint joseph was blessed and consoled beyond measure to know that he had been chosen by his labor and sweat to support god himself and his mother to whom belonged heaven and earth and all that they contain esther chapter thirteen verse ten the queen of the angels herself undertook to pay the debt of gratitude due to saint joseph for his labors and solicitude accordingly she provided his meals and attended to his comforts with incredible care and most loving gratitude she was obedient to him in all things and humbled herself before him as if she were his handmaid and not his spouse or what is more not the mother of the creator and lord of all she accounted herself unworthy of existence and of being suffered to walk upon the earth for she thought it just that she should be in want of all things in the consciousness of having been created out of nothing and therefore unable to make any return for either this benefit or according to her estimation for any of the others she established in herself such a rare humility that she thought herself less than the dust and unworthy to mingle with it for the least favor she gave admirable thanks to the lord as to the first cause and origin of them all and to creatures as to the instruments of his bounty to some she gave thanks because they conferred favors upon her to others because they had denied them and to others again because they bore with her in patience she acknowledged herself as indebted to all of them though she filled them with the blessings of sweetness and placed herself at the feet of all 
seeking ingenuous means and artifices to let no instant and no occasion pass for practicing the most perfect and exalted virtues to the admiration of the angels and the pleasure and the delight of the most high instruction which the queen of heaven gave me my daughter while journeying at the command of the lord from one country to another and during the works enjoined upon me my heart was never troubled nor my spirit cast down for i always held myself prepared to fulfil entirely the will of god although the lord made known to me his high ends yet this was not always done at the beginning thus permitting me to endure so much the greater sufferings for in obeying the lord no further reason is necessary than that the lord creator so commands and disposes the souls must accustom themselves to look for this motive alone and to learn solely to please the lord without distinguishing between fortunate and unfortunate events and without looking to their own inclinations in this kind of wisdom i wish that thou advance in imitation of me and to satisfy thy obligations toward my most holy son do thou receive prosperity or adversity in this mortal life with unmoved countenance and with equanimity and peace of mind let not the one grieve nor the other vainly rejoice thee but attend only to all that which the almighty ordains according to his pleasure human life is interwoven thus variously with both kinds of events some of them according others contrary to the likings of mortals some which they abhor others which they desire as the human heart is limited and narrow it immoderately inclines to extremes boundlessly desiring what it loves and likes and on the other hand grieving and sorrowing at what it abhors and dislikes these changeful moods and fluctuations create danger for all or many virtues the disorderly love for one creature which it cannot attain moves the soul presently to desire another expecting a balm for its disappointment in the former and if it is successful the soul becomes involved and flurried in the desire of retaining what it possesses thus casting itself by these velleities into still greater disorders and passions attend therefore dearest to this danger and attack it at the root by preserving thy heart independent and riveted only on the divine providence without ever allowing it to incline toward what it desires or longs for or to abhor what is painful to it let the will of the lord be thy only delight and joy let neither thy desires draw thee on nor thy fears dishearten thee let not thy exterior occupations and much less thy regard or attention to creatures ever impede thee or divert thee from thy holy exercises attending always to my example seek thou lovingly and diligently to follow in my footsteps end of chapter thirty end of book two end of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda